0: Log Torch Radio.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is the USDA Hour with Lawrence Lucas hosting, and his guest is Mr. Lloyd Wright, and they're going to continue the discussion on the failure of the USDA to correct the decades of discrimination suffered by black farmers and other minority farmers at the hands of the USDA. Uh, Mr. Wright is a well-seasoned advocate. He's Formerly served as a director of civil rights under the Clinton administration, and he then served as an advisor, to Tom Vilsack, during the Obama administration. He is now a member of the activist group Justice for Black Farmers. There is so much going on here. We've been addressing this issue, Lawrence has, I should say, for at least half for years. And several, uh, several reach-outs have been made to Vilsack when he got appointed again. I don't know how the hell that happened. Uh, to politicians looking for help, looking for some sort of relief and some adherence to the law, yet that doesn't seem to be forthcoming. And much to their credit, the black farmers and their advocates have have held the line. They are not relenting. They're moving on. So with that, Lawrence, it's your show. Take it away. Okay.
2: Thank you very much, um, Marty Oakley, for having this hour-long session dealing with whistleblowers and civil rights and our major focus being the usda i want to thank you and i also want to thank uh, marcel reed from acorn whistleblower organization who's in the process of putting together another uh, whistleblower conference in dc and i'm looking forward to participating in that and having some of our group involved in that process. and Marty, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to the panel that you're putting together along with the panel that we're putting together, uh, which will be virtual, in lieu of my bringing a group of people uh, to Washington to participate. Tonight, we're going to do a deep dive into USDA civil rights, but we're going to kind of start with the idea that many of the listening public do not know as much about the history. So we're going to first introduce, and I'm thankful uh, to have with us tonight, Lloyd Wright, former civil rights director, um, educator. Uh, specialists in agricultural history, as well as agrarian activities and what have you, at NRCS. He spent many years there at USDA. And first, I want Lloyd to take off with Lloyd. Give us an idea of the depth of depth of your education, your rural history, as a farmer, as a civil rights advocate, a policy expert around USDA and especially civil rights. I welcome you and I thank you tonight for coming on at such short notice. And I know what you're going to say tonight will echo in the minds and hearts of many black farmers and many people suffering from civil rights abuse at the hands of USDA. I welcome you, uh, Lloyd Wright. And uh, please start with a little of that history, what gets what got you here? Your education and what have you.
3: Uh, thank you, Mr. Lucas, and it's uh, good to be on again with you. Um, I enjoy being on your show and uh, and providing information across the country to what's going on. Try to keep the public informed. Um, let's see. I don't know where I should start, but but let's start with. Uh, I, I was born in the deep south. I was born in, in Virginia, and if you look at a map, that might not look like the Deep South, but once you get out of the commuting area of Washington, D.C., and and I am, uh, you're in the Deep South. Uh, I tell folks that uh, USDA uh, has a short memory about the, the injustice done to black farmers. Uh, the education system um, uh, and services were separate by law up until 64. And, 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 and I, I, in the county that I was born in, they had three white high schools, and they didn't have a black high school until 1941, the first class graduated. And that's the year I was born, to tell to my age. So my parents and none of my uncles and aunts got to go beyond the seventh grade, and 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 the schools they created uh, uh, black one black high school, uh, and 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 often the teachers there barely qualified if they could find good teachers, but over time it got to be pretty good high school. Uh, I left there and went to college and majored in agriculture. I was born on a farm like farming, um, and, and um, went, went to Virginia State, uh, majored in, 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 in agriculture. I, I tell folk that the USDA now has tried to come up with social disadvantage and historically underserved farmers to provide services to. However, um, most of the oppression and discrimination that has occurred has happened really to Blacks and and to uh, American Indians, in that um, I never attended, from an educational standpoint, uh, I never attended a class that had uh, any uh, teachers or students other than Black until I uh, got my master's, and I got that in New York. So when I graduated in 64, Virginia State was all black, all the teachers, all of the students, and and they try to uh, talk about what they need to do to adjust to the educational systems we had in the past. But the only folk who had separate but unequal schools were blacks, and then and Native Americans, obviously on the reservations, didn't have good systems either. But many of the other people that they include in social disadvantage and history. Uh, historically underserved category that are now getting benefits uh, are getting that on the back of, of, of blacks. So, so from a uh, historical standpoint, you know, the 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 the, the system um, until sixty four uh, Civil Rights Act was they had legal segregation, and the definition in Virginia in order to be considered black and therefore legally uh, discriminated against, if you were 164th black, you were black. 164th African American, you were considered black, and therefore, uh, you know, they, you'd, you'd go to the uh, segregated uh, schools. But in either case, I, I went to work for AG, and, and I went to New York because they refused to hire me in Virginia in 1960, 61, when I, I took the civil service exam as a student and wanted to be a student trainee. And they had their two employees for NRCS in Virginia. They were on the campus at Virginia State. And they didn't need any more. And those two employees provide services to the state of Virginia. And uh, so I went to New York because they were willing to hire me. Uh, It was actually uh, later on, 64, 65, before they really started hiring uh, uh, blacks across the country to work for the Natural Resource Conservation Service. There were about 16,000 employees, and only 81 were were black at the time, so that tells you the kind of services or lack of services uh, that were provided to the black population, uh, and there weren't any black faces out there providing services, and the whites didn't provide services. Um, so I think, background-wise, you know, I think that tell you, you know, where where I came from, and, and 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 at least from an educational standpoint, where we got to where we are. Then in in 1996, 97, when the crap report came out, uh, we tried. Uh, uh, a number of people were trying to uh, straighten, or, you know, rebuild the office of civil rights. So. After, with a lot of encouragement, I agreed to be director of the Office of Civil Rights, and I was there for two years. And during that period, we started to investigate. And by the way, I, I learned after being there for a short while that it, it became clear I didn't have investigators and uh, and, and had very few contractors because we, they had not been investigating pharma complaints. Uh, employee complaints were being investigated with contractors, but in, but not farmers. So really, if you file a complaint, uh, they weren't going to be investigated. The agencies would send in a report, and the decision was based on that report. Uh, the farmer would say that these things happened to me, and the agency would say they didn't do it, and they always agreed with the, with the agency. So we rebuilt the Office of Civil Rights. We hired... I think about 34 employees, new employees, trained them and started to investigate, and we started to settle complaints and provide compensation and debt write-off uh, to farmers, and giving them priority for future services. And and I say that to say that because when we got around to Pickford, I was there when we were putting the Pigfoot um, um, uh, complaint together. Uh, and work in trying to determine what would be the remedy provided. They used the same pattern that we were used in civil rights. We provided compensation, uh, debt relief, and priority for future programs. That is what the black farmers were uh, were promised. And and however, uh, like I often say, you know about the forty acres and a mule that was never provided. Uh, They Farmers never got debt relief Of the 22,000 farmers Who signed up for Black farmers who signed up for Pigfoot 1 371 Got partial debt relief So some of the pain That we're going through now With black farmers still losing their land Is a direct result of The Pigfoot Really didn't work well for black farmers In many cases Black farmers ended up in worse shape after Pigfoot than before, and that they were advised many of the farmers to stop making payments on their debt because it was going to be forgiven because that was in writing and and they they they, they, they the attorneys probably had every right to inform farmers that it was going to be forgiven. But after about five years um, down the road, when it became clear that the USDA had figured out how to avoid providing debt relief and and only providing debt relief on a few of the loans and not all of them, usually on the smaller ones. Uh, Farmers' debt uh, from additional interest and penalties had increased to the extent that some of them who probably could have continued to hold on, you know, uh, scraping up a few coins to pay their debts. would have been able to do it had they not stopped. But once the
0: uh,
3: it became clear they were not going to get debt relief, many of them uh, no longer had the resources to catch up. So that's why I say many of the, for many black farmers, ended up in worse shape and wish they had never heard of Pigfoot. And that by and large, farmers got fifty thousand dollars, which for a real farmer is not enough to buy the tires on their combine. Uh, and then uh, they, and then if they had debt and didn't get debt relief, uh, they ended up owing more at the end of Pickford than they did before. So that's really, and then, um, and once Pickford was signed, I should say, I retired, uh, and I, I retired in '98, in, in just before it was signed. Actually, it was all agreed to, and I, I went out thinking that. We'd put together a pretty good plan, and we were going to help a number of black farmers. They were going to get compensation. They were going to get debt relief and prior to future programs. It didn't happen. And, and so in, since 98, as you well know, I've been working, trying to help uh, fix what didn't happen in Pickford. And, and uh, some ask me if I think it's going to ever happen. I don't know. We made a attempt, as you well know, in 2010 to uh, compensate the farmers who didn't get that relief, and the statute of limitation had run on most of them, and we were able to get a bill passed on the House side twice, but not the Senate, so that really never happened, so we never gave that relief at that point. Then, you know, with your help... Lucas and a number of other organizations we were able to get um, debt relief in the American Rescue Plan and compensation for farmers and and like everything else that blacks had been promised we didn't get that either.
0: Okay
2: Uh, (laughs) Lloyd on that note I want to go back because uh, we're going to spend some time in addressing this whole issue of the Rescue Act but um, going back, as far as I know, you were working when you talked about the Crittencrat uh, what tell us what the uh, D j Miller report was all about, but tell me what is the difference between the Clinton administration and the administrations that followed real quickly before I ask you another question
3: uh, I-, I tell folks that the Clinton administration is the only administration that I can remember for the years that I've been involved in government that really tried to address the black farmer and black farmer issues and, and, and employees' issues. So we had people really who tried. Uh, they didn't have much to work with because they had a lot of bad history and they did, the employees were, you know, had been there and many of them had never processed the case. So, but, but, but during that period, I would say that I tell Focus the, the only administration and and that that really tried in the last 20 years uh, it's been downhill. And 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 if you were to look at the record, you'll find that I signed more findings of discrimination in my two years than have been signed since in the last 20. Uh, the USDA uh, civil rights. Uh, couldn't come up with a finding of discrimination if it was in a paper bag handed to them. So they investigate cases. They walk around issues, as you well know, and they never—they don't have a finding of discrimination. Therefore, they never compensate. So really, uh, once we left the Clinton administration, as far as I'm concerned, we really haven't had relief since.
2: Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I think that's a point that needed to be clarified with many of our listeners and and set the record straight the other thing that to let people know why this struggle is going on for decades can you share with us some of the data some of the numbers like the loss of land the loss of wealth uh why are we talking about this issue and why is it so important to black farmers that they get justice now uh, and that justice was 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 supposed to be given when we go back to uh, 40 acres and a mule. Can you share with the listening orders some of the data and the statistics about wealth, about loss of land, and how far it went back? Can you share some of that data with us? Yeah, kind of briefly. You know, immediately
3: after this, this well, actually, you know, when the Civil War ended, there was a law to conference gate... Uh, uh, land from those who fought against the Union, uh, against the government, and that land was going to be redistributed to uh, uh, enslaved, uh, uh, you know, uh, enslaved persons. However, when Lincoln was killed and Johnson took over, uh, uh, he really put a hole on that and stopped that law from being implemented. So that was never implemented. Then another law that would have provided uh, the 40 acres and other compensation uh, uh, moved around in the House and Senate for a long time, actually really never passed. So the only real promise and the only law that was put on the books immediately after the Civil War was the re- redistribution of land to former slaves, uh you know, uh, that was going to be compensated, uh, compensated, and that didn't occur. And then, but but with the help of some churches and other uh, well-meaning people, the blacks were able to accumulate by 1920, and that's when they reached the peak. Uh, There were uh, almost a million black farmers, 926,000, almost a million black farmers, owning 16, 17 million acres of land. But at some point in time after 1920, um, and if you look at other history, and I don't want to get into that here, you know, when the Klan was running wild and and lynchings, about 4,000 blacks were lynched across the South, many more than that killed. There were, you know, towns burnt out, as you well know. A lot of blacks were run off their land and it got to a point after the 1920s that blacks couldn't buy good land if they had the money and was willing to pay more for it than whites so yeah. it, it started downhill in the 1920s and we and we've been losing every cent so at the present time we've gone from almost a million farmers down to about 38,000 farmers black farmers and down to 4 to five million acres of land, depending on how you count the land. So we've lost a whole lot of land, and, and but more important, uh, you know, the farmers, I say farmers, black farmers are almost endangered species. There are very few of them left. And then a lot of them are older farmers with old debt, and if we don't do something pretty quick, uh, we're not going to have many black farmers. We're not going to have all of any. We don't have many now. And... Uh, and, and And of the social disadvantaged groups that I was talking about, blacks are the only group that's declining the rest of the most of the other groups are increasing their holdings and their number, but blacks are still declining and uh, and and we've been getting promises, which is the problem uh, a number of promises, but they're never implemented I, I was convinced that the American rescue plan would be implemented, and as you well know, a number of us uh, with with uh, uh, you know your organizations and a couple others uh, uh, did a letter that I helped you with as well uh, on April the eighth of last year, asking the secretary to you know stop trying to make the law any more perfect than it was passed, but implement it before someone or something stopped him, and that was in April the April on April the eighth. Two months later, something did stop him, the lawsuit. It was filed a a, a couple weeks earlier, which means he could have forgiven the debt if he'd wanted to, could have pulled the trigger, but he didn't. And then uh, now we got a a lawsuit stopping him from uh, implementing Section 1005, which is the debt forgiveness. And um, the the folks have decided not to challenge that in court they think the supreme court would rule that you know you can't do it based on race and i you know maybe that's true um but then there's another section as you well know 1006 where you could make payments to farmers who had past discrimination and they've been elected not to implement that too and, and that that was not covered under the law lawsuit so
2: okay. uh, yes that's that's okay. where we are with that okay um it's a good point that we're getting into and you're bringing us up to, slowly bringing us up to date. But tell our listening audience, so because a lot of them have not uh, heard the history and what's been going on at USDA, we, we're talking about this bill or this act. Can you begin to tell our listening audience how that bill came into being? I think it's, and it's very important to, to find out when you talk about who created this bill? This person who created this bill, a senator, um, Senator Warren. Uh, she doesn't have black farmers in her district. I want you to kind of tell us about how this bill came about and and the and the and the significance in uh, her taking the lead on this and what happened afterwards.
3: Well, when when when. Uh a number of Democrats were running, uh, uh, campaigning, you know, to to run as uh, as a Democrat for president. That included Elizabeth Warren and about 19 others. Uh, she put out a draft paper uh, on addressing the issues of black farmers, and 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 someone was working with her, and we're not absolutely sure, sure who it was, but they had her convinced that the only real problem with uh, uh, saving black farmers was to deal with heirs' property. And, uh, and, and, And you and a handful of other organizations and myself to some extent finally got to work with her and convinced her that that is an issue, but minor, minor issue, and that, you know, I settle a whole lot of complaints. Not one single one of them had heirs' property as an issue in the settlement. Uh, so that, that's really not the issue. The issue is racial discrimination on the part of the Department of Agriculture. So we worked with uh, Senator Warren, and she rewrote and came up really with the strongest position paper and put that out online uh, on dealing with the historical oppression and discrimination of black farmers Uh, She put out the strongest paper of all. Now, there were three or four other uh, candidates that put out position papers, but she had the best one, the strongest one. And then later on, uh, when she dropped out, she continued to work on this issue and and drafted the Justice for Black Farmer Act that has been introduced a couple times. The last time it was introduced was in uh, 2021, Uh, But she drafted it, and then eventually Senator Booker came on and uh, co-sponsored with her, and they did introduce that bill. Uh, I don't know if you want me to get into the details of that, but a portion of that bill was lifted and included in the American Rescue Plan, Section 105 and 106, which is debt forgiveness and the other... uh, Uh, outreach and compensations in in, in that bill in in American Rescue Plan really came out of the Justice for Black Farmer Act, but they made one major adjustment. Uh, It went from being black to social disadvantage, which has created one of the problems, in that some of the people who would get debt relief and other services under social disadvantage uh, have not suffered the kind of oppression and discrimination that American Indians and blacks have suffered, and and so folk side I mean filed cases against it and and stopped it, and and so that's really where we are. And to date, uh, blacks have not gotten one nickel. Uh, uh, I, I say no, black farmers have not. Now they're spending a lot of money on outreach and. And, and whatever, uh, but black farmers don't need outreach. Uh, they, they, some of them do need technical assistance on how to, you know, file cases and do whatever, including applications. But, but black farmers need money, uh, to, to, to deal with their debt. Many of them are getting their funds from, uh, and that's the other thing. We thought a whole bunch of the, that m- most of the farmers that would get debt relief would be black. It turned out that uh, only 8% of the black farmers have have loans with USDA. So the debt forgiveness portion of that bill was only going to help 8% of the black farmers. Uh, The majority of the loans, uh, 47% of the social disadvantaged loans in USDA went to Native Americans. 26% went to Hispanics and 18% of uh, the loans went to blacks, but that only served 8% of the black farmers. So if we don't implement 1006, which is the
0: uh,
3: direct payments to farmers who suffered discrimination and bias, most black farmers won't benefit from that act. But none of them have benefited to the day. Today the, the, the only thing they've done is given money to a handful of organizations, and and those organizations are not going to get out there in the field and helped save one single black farmer.
2: Okay. Uh, that brings us up to uh, the period in terms of the history. Um, we've heard that uh, the shame of it all is that we expected uh, things to change under the leadership of Tom Vilsap and the the Biden administration, Uh, put him there for another term, which is now approaching uh, 10 years. Uh, Can you tell, I want you to uh, tell us in terms of the leadership, and I want you to kind of go back and give us some history in terms of what happened with the statute of limitation and how that statute of limitation didn't move forward, and it was being moved forward, doing the Obama administration and the effort that you were putting in and Ferly Reed was putting in and what role did Tom Vilsap play in that as we kind of move forward I think there's a there's a hole in here that needs some clarity
0: well
3: what once it was made clear and and at the time there was a uh, outstanding attorney Judge Henry Ramsey was advisor to the work group that I was leading that tried to to get farmers paid in 2009, 10, 11. Uh, we went to Justice and, and they we we tried to argue that since USDA allowed those complaints to sit there without processing them. Uh, that that should have told the statute, and we should not have to worry about the fact that the statute had run. Uh, they, they didn't buy that, and and and, and 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 Judge Ramsey sort of agreed in that we probably needed to do something with the statute. So we called that the SOL project because it was a statute limitation project. Uh, so the main thing we had to do was two things: we had to extend the statute, and we had to get money offset and 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 um uh uh, congressman like congressman thompson and and congressman and um uh bishop and and a few others put together a bill to extend the statute to cover the period that these complaints came from and provided the money we passed that it went to the house to the senate we passed in the house and it went to the senate and it got taken off. And then we went back to the House, and they got it passed a second time on another bill. And when it went over, we, you know, to be honest, Pearlie and myself and others who were trying to get this done had less contacts on the Senate side than we did on the House side, working with the Black Caucus. And and we found that Senator Reid was willing to ensure that that bill stayed on the the, the, uh, uh, in the act that it came over in if either the president or the secretary requested that and we could not get the secretary to, to ask him to leave it on and that basically ended the statute of limitation project It was clear that if we couldn't get the secretary to request that it be there then obviously nothing was going to happen, and that ended the project. So really, all that I was there for a couple of years, and basically all I did was paperwork. Uh, more, well, we, we got some. Uh, you know, we we went through a bunch of complaints, found out which ones should be settled, we come up with a process for doing it. Uh, we were ready to 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 implement and and do debt for forgiveness and do compensation. We just needed the statute extended, and it didn't happen. We didn't get help at all from the secretary, so that was one of the reasons. As you well know, I was not very happy to hear that he was coming back, because he didn't do anything for us in the eight years that we had him before. And so I'm, I'm one of the few people who are not surprised that we're not getting anything now. That we didn't get anything in the eight first eight years, and I don't know why we should be surprised that we're not getting anything
2: now. Oh, okay. Um, okay, well, that kind of brings us up to another period, which takes us to this administration. Uh, we're being told that things are fine. Uh, we were on a call along with our colleagues, uh, Wayman Henson and uh, Attorney Tracy Lord McCurdy, who's who's been uh, their foot soldiers along with you in this effort to get justice for black farmers while. Many of the other organizations are uh, peeling off and saying good things about administration that, based on our knowledge, is a failure. Now, we're being told, and I, and I refer to a comment that a civil rights director said in one of the conversations we had with Vilsap and his team, that uh, I'm curious, and I want you to touch on uh, this whole concept or the fact that everything is fine at USDA, but yet and still we're told that there are thousands of cases not being resolved. We're being told that there's no backlog. Can you kind of touch on that to give us some evidence and some facts to prove that what USDA is saying and what we're saying is different? Well, I think, yeah,
3: at the meeting
2: where we were informed by
3: the person in civil rights that they didn't have a backlog and that they were all up to date, there were two problems uh, with that statement. The first was that some of the people on that call were farmers who had complaints that had not been processed and they were out of out of date in terms of you know the department is supposed to address a complaint 180 days uh, in terms of investigating and then and resolve them in 180 another 180 days some of these complaints have been in for four or five years and they were on that phone call so we tried to get the person to, who who made that statement that everything was good and up to date that uh you know it, it flies in the face of people that you're talking to and then to back that up later on when the uh the IG came up with their report. Uh, they showed a, a large number of complaints that were uh, in the backlog, and some of them haven't been there for five, six, and seven years. So uh, I, I don't know where that person got their information. Obviously wrong. The IG said it was wrong, and the farmers that we had on that call knew it was wrong because they hadn't had their cases resolved. So they're in another world. I think some of us have suggested that the Office of Civil Rights should be should be moved out of USDA, put in receivership, and, 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 and under someone, either a judge or whatever, uh, who can rebuild that office. I'm not sure it can be rebuilt in the Department of Agriculture. It's dysfunctional. Uh, so you're right. and And, and they tell us, you know, uh, untruths. A- a- that can be proven. You know, when when you, you, you can tell me that, you could tell me that you got you all up to date, but you'd have to tell me except the three or four, because we had that many people on the phone on that call who still had complaints that had not been resolved. So I, I don't have much hope that this Office of Civil Rights is going to do anything. Uh, and I, I think the Office of Civil Rights and the, equity commission i don't think either of them are going to do anything except you know create noise background noise while they coast through this administration doing the same thing they did in the first eight years that we had the secretary
2: which was nothing okay thank you uh, i think you've cleared up, cleared that up and i think uh, it was good that you mentioned the Equity Commission, and maybe as we get a little further along in the conversation, we can address it. Uh, where, uh, with when you talk about USDA, and USDA talks about all the fine things that they've been doing, um, can share with our listening public. And you mentioned the OIG report of September of uh, of last year, but. Uh, share with them some of the research and some of the organizations and some of the people that um, especially the I think it was the counter story that um, that set the facts straight in terms of what USDA is saying, and Tom Vilsap and his leadership is saying, compared to the facts of outside researchers. and I'm talking about Harvard. I'm talking about OIG to some degree. I'm talking about other studies and articles. Share with uh, our listening public of some of the facts that exist that refutes USDA's claim that civil rights is, is, is fine and doing well based on the president administration. And we heard the same thing with the Trump administration as well. Well, I,
3: I usually the more they say things are well, uh, it means that they're really not. They, they, the extent to which they argue about that usually things are worse under those administrations, and 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 under the present one, uh, uh, yes, I mean in agriculture things might be well. I think white farmers are doing quite well. Uh, you know, they, they got every, you know every time you pick up a paper, you get another. Uh, uh, a case where the secretary has gone to the CCC, the Commodity Credit Corporation, and taken out another uh, few hundred million dollars, if not a billion, and distributed to folk who need it, whether they're trying to come up with a way to get, you know, cheaper fertilizer or, or trying to help with some meat processing. You know, there's plenty of money for all of those things. The only folk who haven't been given any money are black farmers. And, and and what little money has gone to the black community went to folk to, to uh community based organizations and whatever and not much of it went to them. I mean, because the secretary has expanded the group that can receive money from um uh, American Rescue Plan from he's expanded the social disadvantaged group to now be historically underserved and whereas if if, if if the 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 initial bill which was the uh, justice for black farmer act covered just black farmers they make up about 1.4% of the farm population when you add the other minority groups in it comes up to a little over 6%. So the at one point 6% of the farm population, black, you know, the minority farm population, was competing for this money that was in the bill. That's what was authorized. But now the secretary has expanded that and brought in a whole bunch of other folk, which might be as much as 80% of the farm population. Uh, when you target that many people, it is clear that a lot of folk going to get some money, but blacks and the folk who have been mistreated will probably not. And that's been the problem. Uh, that, 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 you, one can argue in, on paper and otherwise that uh, money is going out of the door and, and the farmers are getting some of it. It's just that black farmers aren't getting it. Um, and and they use think- the history and the pain and the suffering from black farmers to justify the program
2: and then they give the benefits to everyone except black farmers. Uh, oh, thank you. I think another point, that should be made here. Uh, the act was designed as as it was put together by uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Her plan uh, somewhere it got really skewed as uh, the Congress began to massage and put this bill into act into action. What I'm concerned about is that. We are hearing that tens of billions of dollars of COVID money went to farmers, but less than 1% went to black and minority farmers.
0: If we have a bill
2: that was supposed to rescue the, the debt of black farmers and other minority farmers,
1: how? where did
2: this thing go wrong when it comes to the fault here when we're talking about all this money given out and COVID money, and oh, by the way, as long as blacks have debt, they can't get COVID money. Can you kind of give our listening audience a a bit of overview, some facts on that? Yeah. Well,
3: I think not only... Is that the case that in terms of the studies that have been done on what we're doing? The the fact that we got less than 1% of the money is in line with uh, the, the Harvard study that you referred to, uh, where uh, they looked at uh, the last 20 or so years. They looked at the years under the Bush administration and the years under the uh, Vilsack administration. And we found that actually blacks got more money under the Bush administration than we did under the the eight years following, under the Vilsack. So they they do smoke and mirrors. They come up with fancy names like Strike Force, where you go to poverty counters and put more money there. Uh, But then you allow the white farmers to get all the benefits. And in some of the counties that we have poor uh, folk, the land are owned by rich folk and they get all the USDA benefits. So when you look at who's receiving the money, uh, in this instance, the, the Bush administration did better than the Obama administration in helping blacks. And then, of course, the Trump administration did almost nothing. And so far, we haven't done anything under this one either. So that's, that's been the, what the studies are indicating. And, and that, that, that study is available on, on the comparison of what happened uh between the two administrations, they also tracked the complaints the uh the fact that complaints were not being processed and 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 the number of complaints in the backlog uh varied depend on who they were talking to. There was one number they gave Congress another number they gave i g and they, they, they carried another number on the books and when you have two or three numbers for the same point uh you know we know that Two of them are wrong, and we don't know if any of them are right. So I doubt if they really know. Uh, they're not in the process of dealing with civil rights, and 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 I I don't know if they know what the numbers are. But in either case, outsiders who took flash look at what's going on indicate that we're we're doing worse. You
0: know,
3: in the, in the eight years we had. Uh, Vilsack than we did the prior eight years under the Bush administration. And, and that's disappointing. And I hope that at the end of the four years under this administration, I hope something changed to, to make sure that we don't have a 12-year stretch under Democrat administrations where we got nothing for black farmers. They can't, they can't survive at the level of services they are receiving. And 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 the money that they're given to the big organizations won't help them. So either we do something pretty soon, or we're not going to have any black farmers
2: to speak of. Okay, Lord. One of the things that uh, thank you again. One of the things that uh, Vilsap and I want to give some history. Uh, we got about another uh, ten 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 or twelve minutes left. Um, we you know. Uh, that we've made recommendations to fix the systemic problem at usda and that's not being addressed somewhere in the mix and uh, everybody is talking about equity all over the federal government and in, in america what about this equity commission and how did it get established Why is it established and how effective do you think it's going to be to help farmers or anyone uh, also um, fix the systemic problem at USDA, which is being ignored, that that also impacts uh, employees, uh, women who suffered discrimination, rape, and other kinds of assaults. Um, Share with our listening audience, What's behind this idea of equity? Everybody's talking about it, but how does equity, this Equity Commission and equity impact what's going on at USDA for farmers and the employees? Well, I probably should
3: start with where it originated. Uh, the Equity Commission originated in the Justice for Black Farmer Act to look at issues, racial issues. It was lifted from the Justice for Black Farmers Act and included in the American Rescue Plan. Uh, and they changed it to social disadvantage. The problem is, the first problem is that it has now been expanded to cover everything. It's now historically underserved. So they're looking at uh, beginning farmers, veterans, uh, Limited resource, and depending on how you define that, you know, uh, you know, more than half, up to eighty percent of the department could, could because of the the, the 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 gross income for most farmers, uh, 80 percent of the farmers make less than a, uh, have less than a hundred thousand dollars in in gross sales. So, depending on where you are and, and the other conditions, you could be a limited resource farmer. If you add that to the minorities, you're way over 80 percent. If you're going to use historical unserved, and that is what the equity commission is doing, so so the, it's going to be so general, uh, so thin that it's not going to provide anything. And even if they were to come up with something meaningful, it's going to be so late that it won't matter. Uh, we have a number of good reports. If you want to know what's happened to blacks and how and who's responsible. You can read the 1982 Commission on Civil Rights report, which was the decline in the black farming in America. Uh, It gives you everything you need to know. And if that was not enough, then you could read the D.J. Miller report, or you could read the the Civil Rights Action Team report, CRAT report, or the Jackson Lewis report, or the report, the Harvard report. There are a bunch of reports around identifying the problem, sitting on shelf gathering dust, at, at best, if they ever get this one printed, it'll be another report on the shelf, and it'll probably be so diluted that it won't provide very much to anyone to begin with. So I think it's, it's a waste of time, a waste of, waste of resources. Uh, it serves as a diversion to have people talk about something while they do nothing, and 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 we shouldn't spend a whole lot of time talking about it because it's not going to achieve anything
2: what has happened uh you have you have been involved with policy what else is going on from a policy standpoint that the group such as the one at Alcorn just quickly give us a a rundown as to Uh, the credibility of this policy organization and how it can uh, positively have impact on what is happening to black farmers in terms of data and direction. Yeah. The 2014
3: Farm Bill included a provision that a uh, policy research center be set up at one of the 1890. Uh, land-grant universities, and it, it, that end up going to Alcorn State University, uh, and they've set it up and have a board, uh, a, a advisory board, that, uh, that that looks at the policies that they uh, research and come up with and, and, and develop policy. Uh, it, it has an excellent board, and I don't say that just because I happen to be on the board. I'm not saying it for that reason, but I think they put together an excellent board, and, and they have been making some great policy recommendations. One of the policy recommendations, the more recent ones, was that uh, we drop all race out of the uh, definition that we use to determine uh, discrimination and bias and allow, and, and therefore take the chief out of those who want to sue saying you can't do it based on race. And then you'll have to come in and prove, that you've been discriminated against or suffered bias or whatever, and 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 would apply to the entire population. Uh, that they came up with that six months ago, and we haven't been able to get the department to even address it.
0: Uh,
3: but that would certainly, and and, um, and they might argue that that's an expansion from what was in the law. Well, they expanded the outreach money and gave out seventy-five million dollars to historically underserved when the bill said that it should only go to uh, social disadvantage. So if you can make that expansion in a rule, then I don't know why you can't drop race out, which is the thing that they're most concerned with on being sued, and they could move on and get something done. So I, I would argue that uh, they're not being innovative. I don't think they want to really do anything toward. Um, helping the black farmers, and, and they're using the Equity Commission to, to, to divert folks' attention and make announcements on, we're at this stage and that stage. It doesn't really matter uh, because at the end of the day, the most they'll have is a report. Farmers can't use reports to buy soybean seed, fertilizer and chemicals, fix the old tractors.
0: You know,
3: and cash is something they're not giving black
2: farmers. And if we don't change that, we're going to lose the rest of them. Okay, thank you. Um, I would like to also have you to say a few words about the amount of monies that are going out of the Department of Agriculture. And, by the way, uh, not one black farmer has gotten debt relief or their offsets uh, been paid while – millions of dollars are going to community-based organizations, and many of those community-based organizations deal with technical assistance. Is is that money uh, helping to resolve the issue and the pain and suffering of black farmers? And is technical assistance uh, the the, the, uh, solution to solving black farmers' problems and their debt relief and all the other pain and suffering and the racism that they suffered at USDA? Definitely not.
3: Um, the, you know, one of the things that we've recommended at the policy center is that they get re- do away with the uh, county committees. That would be a good start. It doesn't matter how much technical assistance you have and how well you write the plan. If you go to the office and they turn it down, and uh, or if they approve it and have it supervised, most blacks have their loans supervised by the county manager and in uh, at FSA, and and then in, in many instances they don't release money timely. Uh, one of the cases I settled as civil rights director, uh, uh, the farmer had worms in his soybeans and needed to spray. He had a loan that was approved. He went in to get the funds because they wouldn't allow him to do it without checking with the office manager. The office manager refused to release the funds for about three weeks. By then, the worms had consumed the beans. He allowed the farmer to have the money, and he applied the chemicals. It didn't do any good because the beans were all consumed. And at the end of the year, the farmer was broke, and he filed a complaint. You know, we, we compensated him and took care of that. But we didn't punish the employee that did that. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he was putting this guy out of business. Uh, we don't we don't hold them accountable for that. So you know the, the truth of the matter is, if we want to straighten it out, there's a lot of things. And I think you talked about the Policy Center. They've come up with a whole lot of recommendations on how we can uh, make changes at the department that would address the issues of black farmers. And that's just one of them. But uh, we also they also came up with some process that could be used. To, to deal with the uh, uh, processing of the 1006 uh, discrimination and bias cases. And that's been provided to the department. But they only can do research and develop policy they don't implement. So I think the policy center is doing an excellent job on surface and issues. Uh, but unless someone can force the department to implement them, it's sort of a
2: waste. Uh, tell me this, uh, real real quick. We're, we're talking about policies. We're talking about wording uh, of ways to pay pay black farmers. Uh, explain real quickly, Lord, what can happen in the the Rescue Act as it exists now, in terms of paying debt and relieving black farmers of their pain and suffering in in Section 5.1006, real quickly. What could happen
3: is the department could set up, and they're authorized to set up, a process for having farmers uh, uh, apply uh, based on past bias or discrimination, and they would have to give... uh, 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 indication that things occurred that were discriminatory. And if that is the case, the Department can
0: uh,
3: compensate those farmers and provide cash to them. Actually, uh, you know, based on the recommendations that both our group and the Policy Center has made, we want, of the billion dollars that was available in 1006, 750 million of it to go to that particular item. if if they had done this last year, a lot of farmers this year would have money to plant their crops and have the equipment up and running. That could be done right now. We just have to wake someone up to do it. And and that's really what – without that, we're not going to help black farmers. A lot of farmers are getting help, a lot of money going out of the door uh, for a lot of things. And And I'm not necessarily against all that money going out. I, you know, but it doesn't help if, if, if all the folks are getting money except blacks. It makes it even worse because they're even less competitive when their neighbors are getting money uh, to make up for low prices in soybeans. And, and it's not soybeans are not low anymore. Uh, the day they, uh, they they're sixteen dollars, approaching seventeen dollars a bushel. Uh, but it doesn't matter if you don't have enough money to buy seed you know, fertilizer and chemical to grow them, uh, it wouldn't matter if they were $30 a bushel coming out of the field. And so if we don't really get something together soon, the clock is going to take care of the black farmers in that they they, a lot of them are running out of time. They, they're barely holding on now, uh, you know, trying to hold on to their land and what few resources they have.
1: Uh,
3: unless we can convince, uh, and I think it's going to be difficult to convince the secretary. Someone else is going to have to explain it to him. Uh, I don't. He's not using his imagination at all. He can when it comes to you know we didn't pass a new law to do something on coming up with innovative methods of creating, keep a fertilizer. He just went into the CCC, pulled that money out, authorized it, and went with it. And I'm not fighting that per se. I just want to know when it comes to dealing with black farmers, if they stop. For one reason, uh, and the court then why come up come up with a different program, and the CCC is there could take that money out of that commodity credit corporation and compensate these farmers for this historical, you know, oppression and discrimination. But it hasn't happened in 150 years, and 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 I, I don't want to say it's not going to happen because if I did, then I I'd, I'd, I'd be ready to quit working, and I'm not ready to do that yet.
2: But well, haven't happened yet. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, let me go back to one point. Um, we talked about, and we were hoping that this administration, that was elected on the backs and uh, blacks of, uh, and would not be in office today if we were not for blacks. Um, is anything being done from the White House standpoint? to make sure that the systemic problem of racism, uh, the lack of accountability, the lack of transparency, uh, the lack of processing the complaints in the thousands, uh, they've said, and fixing the county committee system. Is anything going on under, in this administration in real time at USDA to do something about this systemic problem of discrimination? And racism at USBA. if you were to ask someone they'd probably tell you yes we got the equity commission
3: and since both of us know that that's not going to be produce anything of value and it's not dealing with race anyway it's dealing with everything in the world uh, so if there's something going on let me put it this way if there's something going on I haven't heard of it I'm not aware of any effort to address those problems I, there, there are folks around the edges And organizations that are making recommendations to address them, but I haven't seen anything officially coming out of the department or anywhere else. There are a bunch of meetings and Zooms and whatever talking about issues, but I haven't seen any implementation that would make a difference to save a black farmer.
2: Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, There's we we know for a fact that tom bill said had an opportunity before the cases were filed around the country he had an opportunity within 110 days 110 days he did absolutely nothing to pay farmers and we now have uh court cases being filed and they're using that as a reason for not paying back black farmers. You also have very recently, as recently as yesterday, there was a case filed in Washington, D.C., uh, against the bankers and Vilsap. Can you share with our listening audience a little bit about what is going on with that filing, who filed it, and what you think the impact is going to be? Well, I think um, the the name complainant in,
3: in the in the case is Corey Lee, but Georgetown University, you know, the attorneys over there helped in filing that case, and there are a number of issues they raised. But one of them they raised that, that that's in line with what we're having a discussion about is that that the department had meetings with the bankers, and the bankers, by the way did not want USDA in implementing 1005 debt relief, they did not want USDA to write off and pay early what was owed for farmers on guaranteed loans that were guaranteed by USDA but held by the banks. Uh, They had these nice juicy um, uh, 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 long-term loans out there obviously earning more than they thought they could put the money out and earn otherwise and they didn't want usda to get to, to pay those loans off without paying a premium and as it turns out when we get to build back better which is the law that's supposed to get around the problems that was in american rescue plan they left out the guaranteed loans that the bankers were concerned with. So someone is raising that. That I think the lawsuit indicate that there was some there's some problems around working with the private industry that may have impacted uh, the the pace and, and eventually uh, more than pace. We're no longer even trying to address the, the loans that the bankers didn't want to address. So I, I don't know the history of all of that, except that that seems to be the issue, if I understand it, in in, in, in that particular instance, as it relates to the American Rescue Plan and and the uh, and paying off loans
2: that were guaranteed loans. Uh, well, well, how does that? Well, I think, it, and to make it clear to anyone, it, my understanding is that the bankers. Um, in some way, have had an impact, as well as Vilsap not doing his job, Vilsap not paying off black paying black farmers the debt that was supposed to happen under the Rescue Act. Uh, uh, well, if that is the case, that means that there's some complicity between. USDA and the bankers—that is having an impact, may have had an impact based on the time frame and all. Uh, do you think that that may have had a, a just your quick glance at the bill, uh, and the legislation? I mean, the, uh, the 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 bill that was filed in court. Do you think that that could have also had an impact on Bill Sats' decision not to play pay black farmers?
0: Well, I, I think at, at at
3: at at best, it 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 raised some issues that someone need to provide some answers to. Why why is it? First of all, someone need, need to answer why he didn't implement the whole thing before the court stopped him. I mean, even after the first case was filed, he had a few weeks that he could have implemented and got it all done. And then why was it left out of the next bill? Um, and and I'm not aware or familiar with the communications that may have occurred, but I think the the way that the, the lawsuit would have people answer those questions. So I don't know if I want to jump to a conclusion, but I think there's a whole bunch of good questions that need to be answered around that. How 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 did we get to where we are, and why is it that we're no longer um, considering? are given debt relief even under Build Back Better. And by the way, Build Back Better is not better for black folk. It's maybe better for white folk, but not, not blacks. And that a lot of blacks will not get their loans written off even if Build Back Better passed. But, 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 and one group that will not get their loans processed and approved will be those who had guaranteed loans because that got left out. And I, I think someone need to ask why, why and what. And 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 to be honest, I don't know. But but I but but I think it's a good question, and and I I'd like to hear. The, I'm waiting to hear the answer.
2: You would agree that that uh, it's a possibility that these guaranteed loans were left out because of the letter written to. The USDA Tom Bilsap, uh asking for the secretary to not resolve this issue for Black farmers. That, 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 could what, that be a yes or no?
3: And that's what they're that's what they allege in the uh, lawsuit that that is the case. And I think um, you know I'm I'm, I'm hopefully um, as they do discovery and they they'll be able to decide whether or not that was the case. Uh, but if so, you know, I, I should say I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be. I mean,
0: it'
3: big industry, big farm, uh, you know, bankers and the chemical companies and the equipment folks are running ag to begin with, and 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 so when little folk and minority folk even so much, even more so. uh uh, at stake against something big big companies they're going to win so it wouldn't surprise me that you find that's the case but i'm going to wait on this one until we i you know i I read what they allege and if that is the case uh then i think we got we got concerns but i think someone will have to present the documentation but 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 it does raise issues that. The folk did write letters and did oppose it, openly opposed it, and uh, and and it's no longer being done. It's not even being proposed in the Build Back Better.
2: It seems to um, me that uh, it seems to me that there should be some accountability on behalf of the administration who hired uh, Tom Vilsap for the job. Uh, do you feel as though there should be? White House intervention in order to assure that justice uh, comes to USDA and black farmers and others?
3: I would hope so, but to be honest with you, the last time I've seen that was under the Clinton administration. And that was more than 20 years ago uh, where where the White House actually got involved and intervened on the behalf of the little folks. So uh, I haven't seen it yet. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but meanwhile, as, as you well know, uh, many of these many black farmers are approaching my age, or older, and 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 they, they, many of them would at least like to resolve that debt issues and not leave it to the to the next generation or lose the land, and and and, and so. While we have these discussions, and, and there have been a number of vehicles on which we could have gotten this thing moved and done, uh, folk seems to put sand in the gears every time we try to get one moving. SOL didn't happen. Payford didn't do it, you know. And 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 I'm not. And then American Rescue didn't do it. And Bill Backbetter's being held up. I'm not so sure, you know. If that's ever going to go anywhere, and if that's if that's the case, then blacks will have not gotten wouldn't wouldn't have would not have received anything from the American Rescue Plan. A lot of other folk may be benefiting, but not blacks. And I would I would think that uh, I think most people are aware extent to which blacks showed up to put this administration in. They they are keenly aware of that. They don't need to be reminded. Uh, and 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 uh, but they should do it even if that had not been the case it's the right thing to do i mean if you look at the history of what this country done and looked at the benefits i'm proud of harvard uh, announcing a day or so ago that they're coming up with 100 million dollars to, to address uh the damages done and uh, uh in slavery that benefited them financially so there are a few people uh georgetown has done the same there are few places where people are stepping up to the plate. It does not include USDA. That's why we still call it the last plantation. And it doesn't matter who's running it, whether the Democrats or Republicans. It doesn't seem, with the exception probably of uh, the Clinton administration, I haven't seen much difference between the administrations.
2: Okay. Thank you. Uh, there's one uh, last question because I'll, I'll see if um, our, our host uh, Marty Oakley has a question, but uh, there's one question that, that I want to ask you. Um, how can we write, set right or set a course, uh, the right course for justice at USDA? Uh, Do you have any faith That we can uh, Save this sinking ship
3: I have have faith That we can save the ship I I don't have faith That we will Uh, One of the things we have to do If we're going to save the ship Is stop diluting it to the extent That We'll ensure that nothing Happens even if we throw more money at it And and, and I tell folks I don't like social disadvantage. Um, I, I'm black. I, I don't consider myself to be social disadvantaged. I, I may have a disadvantage if they don't provide me equal services. Uh, they, they certainly didn't when I came along with education. So I don't. But I don't feel socially disadvantaged. So I never like that definition. The only thing worse than social disadvantage is historically underserved. And as you well know, the USDA has started to use that throughout. So you ask, do I think it can be corrected? Right now they're heading in the opposite direction. They're making it worse. So it can be, but I don't see anyone over there trying to do it. I think they're, they're trying to keep enough noise in the system to keep people busy while they run out the clock, but I don't see any... Uh, I don't I don't see any progress being made. But okay. the, I think some of the recommendations that came out of the Policy Center uh, that's come out of a whole bunch of reports that we talked about tonight, whether it's the uh, Commission on Civil Rights report from 82 or the D.J. Miller or the Crap report, Jackson Lewis or the Harvard study, all, all of those got recommendations in them that we could have implemented already. The last thing we needed was another study, We need implementation, we don't need studies. Been studied to death, the problem is clear that blacks are going out of business because of racial discrimination. That was clearly pointed out in the 82 Commission on Civil Rights Report. And most reports since then have said the same thing. So why do we need another study? And and they're gonna study us to death. So the answer is we could do it, I'm not convinced we will.
2: Okay, we know
3: that Um,
2: that USDA has failed uh, both during the Obama administration and during the Trump administration. They have not uh, set forth a concerted effort to deal with discrimination systemically, meaning that many of the recommendations from all these reports, and the taxpayers have paid millions of dollars for, uh, in some cases for some of these reports that they have conducted and paid for out of, out of the taxpayers' money. And we know for a fact that many times, most of the time, the problem is that you have the recommendations, but there's no effort to implement any of those recommendations to fix. The a systemic problem at USDA. Um, Lloyd, um, I, before you go, let me see if Marty has any questions before we close. Marty, do you have a question before we close out the show tonight?
1: Not tonight I don't. Uh, listening to Mr. Wright, I think he covered pretty much everything I had an interest in. Uh, Mr. Wright, if it doesn't go into receivership, which I, I agree it should go into receivership, what would be another option? Uh, you, you have to get OGC out of it,
3: and you have to get the secretary out. So right. it's difficult to do without putting it in receivership. But okay. uh, I, I think if you put a strong enough person there that and some oversight, for example, the... Um Justice for Black Pharma Act had a provision in the uh, had had a provision that was going to have an oversight board that would have been able to reverse decisions made by the Office of Civil Rights. Uh, the, the 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 Equity Commission in the Justice for Black Farmer Act had teeth. The one they have now has zero teeth. So, if you were to implement the Justice for Black Farmer Act and give a board the authority that that act would do, and we still want to get that act passed, that would that would start to address it. If you leave it in the department, okay, but 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 the agency would take it out and and get OGC in the Secretary's hands office. The agencies yeah. do not want civil rights to work
1: because they right. don't want
3: people looking over their shoulders. So you don't have any friends over there.
1: Well, it, it has been my opinion for many years, and I've worked uh, on several issues with USDA across the country, and I have been of the considered opinion for many years that, like the FDA, FDA, it just simply needs to be shut down. I consider it a threat to the public on many levels, and the idea that we're paying people uh, to mess things up like they do for whatever reasons they do, uh, this this just shouldn't be happening. It needs to be shut down. Maybe another type agency with more controls, as you say, more oversight, might work. But I I just don't know that. Um, I think agriculture, which the government, federal government, uh, that's non-positive code entitled. They are not supposed to be in agriculture, which is why USDA is a privately owned corp. Um, that's non positive code so they actually can't enforce any of it because it has no force of law. But I think if we put agriculture back in the hands of the state and let each state decide what their you know, what their laws are, what their regulations are, uh, what's what I I just think that would be a better way to go. It couldn't be any worse than what we've got.
3: Um <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I
3: agree, but on, you know, but but the Clinton administration almost turned things around. Yeah, they you know, almost. Yeah, and uh, you know, they needed more time. Yeah. So it, it could be done, but I don't see people on the horizon to do it. Uh, the office right. of civil rights have done nothing for so long. I'm not so sure they know how to do anything. Yeah. And <laughs> <In> the other <laughs> part of that, um,
2: Marty. Uh, we do have oversight committees of Congress who are supposed to be conducting oversight to make sure uh, make sure there are no ethics violations, make sure there's no conflict of interest, and uh, we have already brought to the attention of uh, to the uh, House Ethics Committee of questionable ethics as well as conflict of interest in putting together the Equity Commission and all the people, many of the people on the Equity Commission are receiving money uh, from uh, USDA. Um, So I don't think we have a fair uh, playing field when it comes to the Equity Commission and when it comes to the way USDA is doing business, uh, spending millions of dollars of taxpayers' money at the expense of pain and suffering of employees as well as black farmers and other farmers in this country.
1: Well, the other thing is, too, we've had both uh, the Speaker of the House and the leader of the Senate and various administrations state openly and publicly that they can advise USDA or, say, the FDA what to do but they can't force them to do anything because they are privately owned. And again, it's non-positive code and title and they don't go so far as to tell you that, but that's what they're not saying. They have no right to interfere in it to begin with. And why we are forced to suffer these agencies that are contacted to the federal government supposedly to perform some kind of service. And the only service I can see they either of them provides is harm to the public on many levels. And, um, this thing with usda and well how i say i will just never understand how Vilsack got back in there i just the man was such a disaster the first time around why would you put him back but apparently maybe that's his skill and um you know i don't well a
3: number of black caucus members openly opposed him he still got back
1: yeah yep
3: I, i don't i don't know how he managed to get back but uh yeah.
1: He's but, got a lot of corporate you know, ties. Said
3: Congress can't force him maybe to do things. But the White House can. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can call him up and ask him to do something. If he has trouble doing it, they can replace him the next morning.
1: Yeah. And they haven't done that she, so they must not want it no. done. There you go. There you go. And uh they could withhold funding. So they yes. but they don't do that either. Yeah. And um that way so, you could
3: make it happen, but uh, yes, it, we you know the, the commitment for doing the right thing is pretty thin, and yes, it's
1: been it that
3: way forever. It's
1: not new. Yep. yep.
3: I mean, it's always a the it goes on. For not doing it, but it it's, it never get done.
1: And the longer I mean, it goes on, the worse it gets. Yep. And uh, so there you are. But that's all for me, Lawrence.
2: Okay. Well, uh, thank you uh Lord Wright for coming on the show tonight and giving us a very uh clear uh annotated um position in terms of what is going on at u s d a and what needs to go on at u s d a and I thank you very much for coming on and i want to thank Marty Oakley for uh having time set aside. Uh, Beyond an hour We've gone almost an hour and a half And Lloyd thank you very much And thank you Marty For letting us uh, communicate um, The justice and truth To your listening audience
1: Well I appreciate you being here I want to remind everyone That these shows are brought to you In coordination with Marcel Reed And the original Whistleblower Summit And that will take place this year July 29th and 30th and there'll be more coming on that later on. As we get the information, we'll pass it out to you. Anyway, with all of that, Lawrence, thank you so much. This was an excellent, excellent show. And um, a lot of information here. Pass it along, pass the link along, and recommend it to people because there's information in here that they can use and helpfully, hopefully help them understand what has gone wrong, why it's gone wrong, and what it would take to fix it. But anyway, with that, I think we'll say goodnight to everyone and thank you, everyone who tuned in, and especially you fine folks from area code 202, access denied phone numbers. We were glad to have you listening in. We'll talk to you all next week. Okay, bye-bye. Good night. Good right.
2: Thank you, Lloyd. You're
1: welcome.